just a question, Steve. If you don't have to repeat it with such fucking disgust. And it wasn't disgust. That was a genuine, like, is that what we're talking about? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm not left-handed either. <laughs> and I am Inigo Montoya. Who killed my father. Prepare to die. And this is Fools of Tools, a podcast for the bivouacking ballad monger. Monger! 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 Um, monger! Fishmonger, you've been to a fishmonger's before. I know, but it's it's a really weird way, word to say on its own. Um, so, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? What's everyone up to? Al, what about you? What have you been up to? It's, um, fucking, it's always Brett first. What? what since no. Never <laughs> it's you literally always Al. Um, <laughs> it was you first last week. <laughs> it's been two weeks. Hey, you know what I mean. The week yes. All right. Yeah. So in the interim week that wasn't two weeks, um, the newest member of the family arrived um, in the shape of a incredibly rusty and broken down car. Yay. Um, and there are now three Suzuki Vitaras on my drive. Um, and it came and all the tires were flat. It was on the it was on the flatbed rather appropriately. Um, engine didn't start and we managed to kind of wheel it off and it kind of went clunk clunk as the wheel, the flat wheels. <laughs> um, and then trying to get it up my drive without That's an engine was, yeah, was you, tricky. You need a like a one of those cable puller things. Yeah, I tried using the um just the regular chain hoist yeah that, no. uh, but it just ripped out of the shack floor because yeah. i had it bolted to the floor it didn't work um so it was just parked halfway up my drive precariously while all the other cars were dotted around the street um <laughs> and literally just like chunks of the car come off in your hand and disintegrate yeah. if you try and pull in it uh, and then it, i just had to keep reminding myself like that's not why i bought this car i bought this car just for the engine that's all i wanted yeah i yeah. want the engine the wiring loom and the ecu that's it so it wouldn't start. Um, and I think it was like a, I think it'd been used as a rally car. It says like Suzuki rally team all over it. It's got these big wide arches nice. and all the, um, the bumpers have been taken off for like ground clearance and stuff, which yeah. is fine. Apart from all the wiring that's hidden inside those bumpers is now just completely open to the elements. So everything was just completely shot. Um, yeah. And I managed to like basically boil it down to fuel pump wasn't working uh, okay. so it's like trace it around the car is it the relay is it fuses blah, 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 blah. get to the back and just all the wiring is just completely like rotten and, and all yeah just so rewrote it fired it up and it just started on a button so it's awesome. been sat it's been sat there for like nine years and not moved yeah, yeah. yeah. um there's a bit of disgusting fuel to get through i was, first. I was just about yeah, to say yeah. did you <laughs> it was, a, it was a bit first. it was a bit chunky um <laughs> but then yeah put some fresh fuel in and it was and it's working a charm so Nice. That's sorted. So now I can officially start on um, what I'm placeholder name is the Pikes Freak, uh, named after the <laughs> Pikes Peak um, race cars. Nice. And uh, however, similarly to when I built the massive table that was too big to the shack, yeah. and I had to build a little extension. I think I might have to build some sort of like temporary carport on yeah. the drive, just so I can like work outside in the elements and work yeah. on the chassis and stuff um so my, my next step is yeah just some corrugated plastic a little yeah. bit of beam work um and just something that i can hide under in the miserable yeah. winter are, um, you, are you able to to drill into your driveway at all no but i, I can pretty sure oh the driveway maybe yeah um, i'm just thinking i mean i then can you... just lift up the fucking paving slabs well yeah 
As I say, because <laughs> you could probably just put some um, like some anchor bolts into that, and then you'd be able to hold a, a, a shelter down. What I was actually thinking was build a floor of boards because uh, then i'll be able to get like the trolley jack and stuff on it instead of trying yeah, yeah, to go up and down on paving yeah. so i could literally build like a little house yeah and drive into it yeah um for as little money as possible <laughs> <laughs> lots of osb there well you, you can actually get like pop-up like inflatable garages yeah but i think they're about 500 quid so yeah this will be more 100 um so that is next on the list um and oh uh last weekend actually the food truck that we designed at work this yes. great big beautiful airstream did i send you a picture steve yeah you sent me a little video a little video around. yeah so it went to its first event at the weekend and it just like stole the show basically because it, <laughs> it, it parked up next but do you have corn in the states i don't like believe so awful like um fake meat but it's been yeah. a brand since like the 70s yeah. in the uh, okay. uk and it used to be this horrible like bags of mints it was like it's <laughs> fake meat as if yeah. it was okay healthy. this weird kind of like cream colored uh, yeah so lumps. and this hmm. this van just pulled up next to this corn van and it was just like fuck you yeah <laughs> it's so funny um so that went down a storm and then i'm working on now um some props to kind of make the next event even more hilarious because this this client's a bit bonkers Um, and then this weekend it was supposed to be getting my archery and rifle instructors license uh, badges whatever for scouting Um, but I finally succumbed to whatever non-covid bug is going around and I've just been basically fucked for like the past five days turns out being in isolation for two years is not good for your immune system. <laughs> yeah, Zero that? exposure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been totally wiped out pretty yeah. much. Um, but yeah, that's nice. Me. Well, not, not, not nice. That's, that's all right. Actually. You, you being ill is probably not a nice thing. But other than that, it sounds quite good. I um, still, I always find it admirable though that Al, even when he's either under the weather or underslept, which is almost always not the under the weather part, but underslept. Still more productive than 99% of people I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, I, well, I'm sorry to hear that you've been unwell, but um, yeah, I don't care anymore. Uh, Brett, what about you? Great, what you I mean, it's great for, weight, great for weight loss. If you've got a bit, <laughs> yeah. of, uh, bit of COVID belly yeah. happening, just, just get sick. Oh, That's great. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, what have I been up to? So yeah, I think since last we talked, it was a lot of just preparation for Maker's Camp. Obviously, anybody that, um, well, scratch that. I was going to say, anybody that was following along, I barely posted anything <laughs> for almost an entire week or, or yeah. really discussed anything on social media because I, I just, I guess, too busy and I, I don't prioritize it, you know, to any degree. So, yeah. um, kind of spent a couple of days prepping and, and packing because it's been so long since I've done any kind of serious travel. And obviously, trying to be over prepared and and very very safe knowing that i was going to go through public transit um just making sure i had everything in order did the new york thing um which was just a big reminder of how much i loathe new york transit like it's the reality <laughs> up there right but i yeah cannot get over the subway and the train stations and stuff and just the the amount of people that exist even though, you know, a few of my friends that still exist, they were like, oh, you know, like everyone works from home, like the city feels thinner. 
doesn't seem like there's as many people around. Well, fucking not for me, who is basically in isolated nowhere. (laughs) Anywho, uh, I did the event and had a grand old time teaching. Um, Worked with Austin quite a bit to try and develop a schedule and got to hang out with Steve Pellegrino and then Bob Menard, who was kind enough to bring second time around. He he brings the NEB. It's a horse trailer, but it's full of all their class forging goods, the little anvils and the coal forges and everything like that. Um, We got up there. I got up there Thursday uh, prior to and then it was just kind of like, you know, meeting and chatting and setting up and doing the best we could. Uh, And then get to hang out with Wesley Treat and Johnny Trambucas and Michael Alm, who were building the crazy flaming dinosaur that got burnt down. Uh, tried to make my quick rounds to everybody, and then uh, actually, I got to go. Wesley got to show us his one of his clients that he's never actually seen. He, he's done a bunch of sign work for him, and it's about an hour and fifteen minutes away from Blackthorn. And it's a drive-in movie theater, but a restaurant and like a bar as well. So we went down there and then watched the new movie Protege, which let me just tell you. No one has to go and see that with any <laughs> type of haste. Uh, but it was a fantastic experience. Like we got to see Wesley signs as they're installed and and uh, then got like a private viewing because we were the only ones in the drive-in yard and the guy just showed us the movie for freezies and let us hang out. Nice. So that awesome. was super fun. Uh, nice little experience there. Uh, kicked it off really pretty early on Friday and... Um, Bob started up the forges earlier than what was on that schedule that we had created. And then you could tell everyone was just excited to be there and just started, you know, turning things on early or or kind of getting started because people just wanted to start playing like the attendees. Um, From there, it feels like it's a bit of a blur where whenever I started on Friday to Monday morning when I left, I think I just worked and slept periodically in the evenings around like three o'clock and then would wake up at seven uh but had a really good time you know we've all talked about teaching before but i really really do enjoy teaching even though i'm not um i wouldn't consider myself in any way like a high level masterful smith but i feel very comfortable helping with new people that have zero experience and just being able to talk them through something like a coat hook you know i've I've made enough of them at this point where I don't know. I feel like I'm able to embrace the excitement, but I don't actually have to go beyond my skill level to translate everything that they need. Uh, I got to give props to Steve for having gone through his, uh, you know, his car accident a couple months ago. Mm. Dude's definitely still stiff in the neck and it was kind of interesting to watch him like if you call his name he would just kind of turn with his whole body yeah but he did great all things considered and definitely you know worked beyond what he needed to just for his um his health bob was a machine because the guy's been doing it for 40 years um and i feel like i got to meet not only a lot of like friends for the first time uh a couple of let's call them fans, um, which feels very interesting. 
but yeah, I got to forge with some people that, that knew who I was, but I had either never really chatted with them or never talked to them. It was super, super nice and, and very humbling to have somebody come in and go, Oh my gosh, I've watched all the videos. <laughs> oh man. That's so, so nice of you. Um, <clears throat> people like Mary Lou made by Mary Lou. She was a, absolute delight to just yeah. get in there and forge with i got to forge with jackman and his wife and nice. paul jackman made a coat hook while his wife just did not want to she just wanted to play and it was like <laughs> okay have at it yeah uh same with stephanie from uncommon outpost she was like can i just hit it like yep just yeah i'll check on safety and give you some pointers but just feel free to have at it yeah um and then, like, I got to meet Adam C. for the first time, which we've known each other for years now. But it was the first time I've gotten to meet him in person. And that seemed to happen a few times throughout the weekend where it's like, wow, we are friends. I would consider <laughs> us friends. We've never seen each other's faces in person yeah. before. That's mad. Yeah, it's really crazy. Obviously, got to hang out a little bit with the Modern Forge boys just kind of in passing. Uh, met Roy. Roy was one of those people... Uh, and I'm Trent. so annoyed that I didn't get to meet those guys. Yeah, Roy is a treat. So he's, tiny. He's something special. And then Trent Presler was, oh my God. <laughs> like, it is hard to explain that human. He's, yeah. he's just fantastic. And I, I feel like I could go on. I don't want to, I don't want to like totally just blow this up. But so many people were excited. You could tell that the vibe was very like, I don't know. Just everybody was being very welcoming and just yeah. happy that we were seeing each other again. And uh, Austin did a great job putting everybody together because it was a larger event. I feel like everything had, you know, it's like this was better than the first year in this capacity. Okay. We, yeah. we realized that at this capacity, we need maybe a few more little allowances over here and he's going to be chatting with people and I'm sure it's just going to get, you know, bigger and, and, Oh, even more catering to everybody so it's it was great i i had a great time i feel really good about the teaching and i'll i'll say this as the last bit of the catch-up i think the highlight of my weekend was um i didn't really remember to eat or take breaks because i get excited and so does everybody else so I constantly had people coming in and going, you're working too much. Like, stop. You got to stop. You got to take a break. Have you taken a break? Whatever. People were coming and bringing like water or granola bars and being beautiful humans. But at one point, uh, a family showed up and it was, I'm going to estimate that it, the girl was maybe 10 or 11. And then yeah. her younger sister had to have been somewhere between six and eight years old. And everybody was going to dinner and they had been waiting for almost an hour. And so I spent a ditched dinner and spent two hours with them making hooks, coat hooks. Nice. And of course, just because power and size and all these things, they just weren't able to move the steel very quick. Yeah. And they were brilliant mm -hmm. and like super attentive for, for young children. Right. Yeah. And, really paid attention did an amazing job it was slow going but by the end of it they both came out with what i would say like really good first go around hooks probably better than some of the adults that were there yeah and the excitement on their face of you know i i'm gonna like 
internalize this moment as being like <laughs> 10 20 years ago whatever you could i don't know put a marker on where do you think two young women would be kind of allowed to come in and forge i i feel like that would have been a very restrictive or restricted situation and i felt very good about being able to cater to you know two young women specifically who wanted to try the thing and i got to yeah. be the one to help them through their first forging session that that was yeah super super icy heart melting moment like, oh my god <laughs> you guys are great i hope yeah. you're happy you should be very happy okay bye high fives bah, 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 bah. yeah that's um, fucking brilliant man it was great so overall great weekend um and then i don't know transit back was i felt like i was completely burnt out so i feel like i'm still recovering currently editing the table base video which is taking oh, nice. way longer than i expected because i thought i shot tight and said i had four <laughs> hours and 45 minutes of footage i mean uh, for most of us that's still pretty tight like eh, i i think I mean, the last... it took a week it took a week or week plus yeah. to do the thing well, I'm pretty sure the last like moonshine video, there was like 12 hours of footage or something ridiculous like that. Ugh. Anywho. Well, yeah, hopefully by the time this episode comes out on Wednesday, I'm hoping to try and finish it up today, maybe post it in the next day or two. So hopefully by the time this is out, uh, I think the, the biggest and possibly my favorite build to this point. Nice. will will be up and out. I, I think I'm, uh, I don't know, watching it back. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> come a long way yeah from that first axe restoration that i thought i did a good job on <laughs> that's always the way though you you yeah you, know, you as you improve you kind of look back at your old work and go oh shit but um but if you actually, <laughs> obviously you're you you don't need to improve you're perfect right from the start um <laughs> oh, uh have you have they actually got it there yet and have they put the the tabletop on to it yet uh not that i know of john okay. told me he'd contact me because obviously shipping it to alaska yeah. with some of the i don't know if you guys have heard about the the boats and the yeah. ships that are out off the coast of california there's yeah. there's a lot of supply line things i don't know how it's going to go with creating that up and shipping it off but we're just I kind of told myself if I got a photo from them, that would be great to put at the end of the video, but yeah. I'm not holding on hope. I just yeah. want to see it. I just want to see <laughs> it. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. But um, yeah, nice. So, yeah, one, long man. catch up. Sorry. It was an amazing Sorry. weekend full of way more stuff than I should talk yeah. about right now. That's the thing is I'm pretty sure we could just do an entire episode of talking about that. But um, yeah, we maybe, just, maybe just, clear, that... just, just clear one thing up. Oh, yeah. It was. Fucking Godzilla. It wasn't a dinosaur. Yeah, I know. It was Godzilla. It, it was 100% yeah. Godzilla. Okay, it was the, it it had was some the photos we were looking at when trunky we were doing research. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe next year, if the three of us all make it out there, we could do a um, uh, a post-Makers Camp episode. Oh, that would be that would be great and it would be better than the Modern Forge guys because I know they don't listen to the show so I can say that. <laughs> Um. Yes. Uh, what, what have, have you been up, been to, up you to, though, Steve? Thanks, mate. Uh, what have I been up to? Um, well, I've I've had two weeks off. Um, I was planning on doing loads and loads of stuff, and didn't just so, side note: if you yeah. mix, um, I think it's copper fluoride or copper oxide with methanol, and put that in the fire, the flames will go blue. <laughs> 
Nice. I thought it was green. No, that's uh, Borax. Ah, gotcha. So for um, Godzilla, I mean. I'm not just randomly yeah. talking about chemistry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I, 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 I oh, got we it. follow. We yeah. follow. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I had two weeks off. Uh, planned on getting loads of stuff done. Um, didn't get anywhere near as much done as I was hoping to. Um, but I did move my new housemate in. Um, that was uh, that was fun. Um, went and picked up some bits for the Land Rover and haven't actually touched them since getting them home. Um, but that was quite cool because it was a drive up to Liss, 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 um, and met a funky guy that I think I actually talked about on the last episode. So we skip past that. Um, I think the most important thing is the tub, really, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So the like, I don't want to go into the whole thing about the bathroom because it's a fucking never-ending saga. But uh, essentially, I need to knocked a wall through and because there's a flat above me and we don't know if it's a load-bearing wall i need to get someone else to come in and have a look at things and had a friend come around and have a look and he basically was like um yeah you're gonna need to get a structural engineering because i don't trust that um so it's it's just meant that there's a shitload more complications to go with it so rather than doing all the stuff that i was planning on doing um i was holding off for this meeting um and now it's just a case of right I'm putting a floor in. I'm not putting the um, the underfloor heating or the tiles down yet. That can wait until the wall's been knocked out. But I've got the floor and I've got a functional toilet and a fucking lovely, huge, massive roll-top bath that I am so in love with. Like I, It's I, so beautiful. <laughs> so I I haven't had a bath um, in the house since, <laughs> fuck you, uh, since I moved in. Um, there was a sunken one um, when I first moved in, but it was in pastel pink and I didn't actually fit in it very well. Um, so I sacked that off and just put a massive shower in because I've never really been the kind of person that likes baths. Um, but because A, I'm getting a little bit older and B, I'm starting to go back to the gym. Um, I kind of quite like the idea of being able to just soak in the bath for half an hour and actually sit and relax and have some kind of downtime. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to put a bath back in. It adds value to the house and, and all of that as well. Um, and I'm like, well, if I'm going to get a bath, I want to get a bath that I actually like. Mm. And the price difference between like the fancy bath and the normal bath wasn't enough to, to stop me from doing it um, until I realized how expensive taps are. And <laughs> then then that was enough to, to make me want to not do it. But I'd already committed to it by this point. So, um, but yeah, that was good fun. Had... Um, had the plumber come in and give me a hand with a few bits there and all set ready to like i say it's a functional bathroom at the moment but i just need to get this this lintel taken out um and again that's that's just stuff i'm not i'm not comfortable doing myself and it, it, so i don't know if you guys get the same thing but so many times i get people being like oh yeah but you work with your hands you might as well just do it all yourself i'm like yeah i hit metal for a living i don't have a fucking clue how plumbing works or how fucking structure engineering works like I, that's that's way out of my wheelhouse I'm like oh yeah but you've got tools yeah i've got a hammer and a fucking angle grinder that's not going to help me reconstruct a wall i mean um, it'll do some things with your plumbing uh, yeah. but probably not correctly <laughs> yeah although i did convince the um the plumber to uh to <laughs> he's such a dick um i did convince the plumber to get a uh cordless angle grinder just because he borrowed mine briefly um 
but yeah, so that was fun. Uh, what else have I done? There was something else I'd done this week. Um, I went to, oh, because I had some time off. I went to the New Forest and had a walk around there, and it was really nice. Um, that image, and... Steve, was not only appropriate, but also a bit of premonition. Oh, really? Disgust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And today, this morning, so again, talking about like being at the gym and being older, uh, like I, I, I love going back to the gym and I feel so much better for doing it for the last few months. But I'm very not, very much not a flexible person. Um, and my mobility is something that I've been working on for a little while, but it's, it's not going great. Um, so this morning I did my first like combined yoga and Pilates class, um, which was actually really, really, really good, really enjoyable. I am not as bad as I thought I was going to be. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of people there that made How me was your child's pose experience? Uh, I don't know which one is the child's pose. I did baby it's where you cobra. sit on it's where you sit on your ankles when you're on your knees and everything. Oh yeah, pops. I can't do that. Yeah. Um oh yeah, that like I I actually do that one quite often just to like crack my knees and my ankles and just um but yeah, there was and th there was also the thing where you, you know, you stand one-legged and you bring your ankle up and put your ankle above your knee and then squat down one-legged. Um yeah, that was that was an interesting experience. Al trying to picture this. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like um, Russian dancer kind of thing. Uh but no, so you imagine like if you imagine if you sat cross-legged and you sat I can't do it. I can't even tie my own laces. Well, that, that, yeah, that's what I was gonna try and say. Is so imagine like you're trying to put your socks on in the morning can't. and you have to like hoik your leg up and rest it on top of your knee. That but stood up. It was it was not not an enjoyable thing. Um, this is the weirdest show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fools Be Told. Uh, oh, that was the other thing that I did. Uh, I uh, Because we took a, a, a break from podcasting, um, I ended up going on to another podcast. Um, I was on the podcast with... Can't give up the goat. He's going to take that much I... time off. He needs a fix. And I... <laughs> um, yeah, so I was on uh, the Two Thirds podcast, which was... Uh, some of you may remember we had a takeover episode uh, a month or so ago um with um red yan and rasmus um and those guys uh invited me on to their podcast where we basically talked about podcasting so it was it was kind of like a pimp my ride episode um but yeah it was good um i did that it was really good fun um but it's kind of it i think so rather than trying to force a segue um should we just go back to the the the, the topic which was Cap camping <laughs> smooth. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna force was... a segue, but what were we talking about? Oh, okay. I mean it well, it was it was kind of camping, but it was also like making yourself comfortable in your surroundings or something. Embracing embracing the That's environment, it. the experience. Yes, yeah, embracing go. your environment. Um yeah. which I think, yeah, because it's like we kind of got um uh, a little bit of experience for each of us i think with that um obviously you've got al in the uh the the camper and also just being in a tent wherever he goes <laughs> uh, and uh obviously i've done a fair bit of 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 that with the festivals and brett has uh has also done a fair bit and i suppose especially with the um the bleh, 
the TV show, the the car trap trap yeah. trap. I mean, words. that whole thing was a month and a yeah. half of camping. Yeah. Um, um, Brett, do you want to take it over? Because I I'm losing the ability to speak. Yeah. All good. So I I was reminded this weekend um, about the how my how my kind of experience or my um, let's say energy, for lack of a better term, changes when I'm in those situations, right? because it's been so long since I've traveled. Um, I grew up camping and, and uh, you know, doing family trips or, or I'd go on a camping trip with friends. When I was really into climbing, we were going down and camping uh, in Arkansas at one of our favorite little climbing um, parks. And something about the energy changes completely, right? You just, you kind of embrace the, I'm not going to sleep very much. Yeah. doesn't have anything to do uh, for me, it doesn't have anything to do with kind of like the going out and and drinking and I don't know, <laughs> until all hours in the morning. It was always more about like you sit around the fire in the evenings because it's kind of cool. Everybody kind of helps build the fire. If you got somebody that brought food or you kind of trade off on that kind of thing. But it would lead to these days that were like you're up with the sun. You go to bed way later than anybody expects because you're just socializing and it's a very comfortable environment. You don't really have the idea of of escaping to your to your house or like, ah, oh, I got to leave. I got a long drive home. Like everyone's there. Yeah. Everyone's within 30 or 40 feet of each other. And you just. I don't know something about the vibe really caters to to I don't know, not sleeping, getting the most enjoyment out of the day that you possibly can. And although Steve and I, Steve Pellegrino and I shared a, one of the little cabins on site. Um, nothing like waking up to that handsome fellow every morning. <laughs> you lucky uh, devil. Oh, if only we shared the same bed. Um, <laughs> you could tell that everybody, you know, regardless of what their work schedule was, we'd all be down in the main area, you know, by the pavilion by seven or eight o'clock in the morning, and everyone yeah. was kind of ready to go. And we shut it down after Open Forge. We shut down around eleven each night, just for the sake of. I don't really know why I think people would have gone until all hours, but I think it was just trying to make sure that we left time for social and, and didn't yeah. have people banging on anvils until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but you could tell that everybody would have just kept going. It was, it was two or three o'clock before everybody went to bed. Most nights, you know, some people hanging out in the bar or whatever, but a lot of just little circles dotted around the, uh, <clears throat> the main area and just catching up, shooting the shit. Like everyone telling jokes and taking a piss at each other. And it was, it was hilarious, but you know, I'm talking to guys like, uh, like Fader or John Ariani, who I, I I'm just going to hazard a guess that they're not used to staying up until three o'clock in the morning and chit chatting with people, but there they were. And everybody was doing their thing and talking smithing and, and tools and all bullshit, you know? So something about, these these moments reminds me to like really embrace those opportunities right because they're not we don't have them very often obviously over the last year and a half or two years we really haven't had them but i think my approach is going to be different going forward where maybe maybe i started to get not jaded but yeah. i wasn't so aware of what it meant to actually go to these community events or even smaller hangouts right not yeah. three or four hundred people it's like when you have five people around that you're hanging out with that maybe you don't get to have those experiences with 
how do you really get the most out of those moments? And, and what does it really mean to have the best experience? It could be six hours in front of a fire because I love sitting around the fire and just <laughs> telling stories. But yeah. I feel like it's a bit different for everybody. What do you got? I mean, yeah, because like my uh, my experience with camping when I was younger, like it's it's a bit weird because I've got a lot of friends from cities and things like that, and they all used to go off on camping holidays when they were younger. Um, but we like living in the countryside, we never did camping holidays because you'd literally just go, well, I'll just stay at home and sleep in my own bed and, and just go out. But we used to have field parties um, where, yeah, we'd be 15 to 16 sort of thing um and uh and basically someone would have a field um so we just all take our tents take a load of booze and sit around and get drunk and that was great because you know at 15 16 you were able to drink all night stay up until well, normally not even bother sleeping um doing whatever you do at 15 16 and um and it was great and it was really good fun um but nowadays like <laughs> uh you're it's a little bit harder to to maintain that kind of um that 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 kind of like enthusiasm all through the night and, and everything yeah. else but yeah it's it's like if if for example i was to go camping then yeah i'd probably sit up and stay around the fire until like 11 12 o'clock but then i'd be like right i'm kind of tired i'm gonna go to bed um but at festivals and stuff like that it's so easy to to survive on like two three hours of sleep because you're surrounded by all these other people that are genuinely interesting and genuinely passionate about what they do and you know whether it's whether it's something that you're passionate about as well so you know whether you're, you're talking to um to the modern forge guys about blacksmithing or whether you're at a festival where there's loads of other people and you're talking to some random person about ceramics or art or music or cooking or whatever um i can remember having like a really engaging really exciting um conversation at like two in the morning at uh, the good life with someone about cigars because he was uh, like he made hand rolled cigars and got chatting to him outside of one of the pubs and or bars like tent things and um yeah we just ended up chatting for two hours and it didn't even vaguely feel tired until like five ten minutes after we'd kind of said right i'll see you later bye and started walking back towards the tent and then all of a sudden my body just went you haven't slept in two days go to fucking bed yeah. um but you don't think about that at the time because you're excited you're engaged and and i think that's one of the great things about these kind of events is the fact that there are so many people to get that kind of that excited energy off and you just run off of that for the entire week i mean granted the like the couple of days afterwards is is normally a bit of a kicker but <laughs> i was uh... such a wreck <laughs> everything snapped back on me i think yeah. i slept in the airport yeah I, well, the, between the airport that, and the flight i was just like gone yeah i mean because I, I can remember al when you were when you came to the good life uh with us and we i think we we finished on the sunday and then basically just grabbed the van and loaded everything in and it was a case of loading everything into the van all the anvils and that and it was um it was just the four of us um but because of the way that we stacked it it was basically getting the guys to bring everything over and then i was just stacking it in the van and it was fucking backbreaking but we got to like got that loaded got in the van started driving and you know it was a, a four five hour journey back home and then got back home 
and then had to go to the workshop, unload everything, take the van back, go back home, slept for like got into bed and slept. And it wasn't until the next day that I actually got up and was like, right, I can relax now because everything's done. And then my body was like, right, we're relaxing. Now you're really tired. Um, <laughs> and it took that like that next day to to recover. But um, but yeah, no, I, I, I fucking love that sort of thing. I think I think there is a um like a rule change when you're in that environment and yeah. i think it partly it's because you're not in the routine so you know you, your your body starts to get used to the routine and you you know this is the time when i'm productive this is the time when i'm sleeping this is the time when i'm yeah. eating this is the time when i'm relaxing if you break that routine and your body's like off oh, you know whether it's like panic stations or fight yeah. or flight you know you, you 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 do get sort of superhuman levels of tolerance <laughs> and energy and enthusiasm and, yeah. you know oh yeah i can help with that oh, i can go do that you know like yeah um if it was just a normal day at work you wouldn't you wouldn't have that attitude so i think there's something in you kind of gets elevated um and it's also being out of that comfort zone as well so like yeah not having access to all the comforts and you know washing even less than i normally do yeah. um but you know <laughs> you can go like a weekend a week without that yeah kind of what you're accustomed to yeah. Um, and I think it does bring out the best in you. Um, yeah, when it all ends, it can totally wipe you out because <laughs> you're kind of you're 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 burning the candle at both ends, for want of a better term. But yeah, um, I think it is a great way to mix things up, learn new skills, meet new people, um, just like find out a bit about yourself without sounding too much like an Instagram post. You know, you 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 you. Away, and we've yeah. talked about being away, but I think there's this there's this um, limitations which really makes the most of it. So, uh, just to jump in on that, I think that's a really good point because there's um, there's a, a term that we use um, in the Forge, which is festival people and your festival personality. And there's a guy whose name I can't I think it's Greg, um, and he's like a chiropractor, and he's like. I actually saw him in real life once and it was like a really expensive, like tweed suit, um, like shirt and tie all the time, very prim and proper. Um, but that was such a head fuck for me because the only other time I've ever seen him has been at festivals and he wears basically a tie dye one piece for the entire festival and is just off his head for the entire time. And he's, he, he says himself like that's, that's his, true self like that's who he is like that's that's him letting his hair down and, and just being him and um yeah it's this really weird thing where you see um people's people kind of like gaining a new perspective on themselves um mm -hmm. and just allowing themselves to to not care too much about the social norms and things like that they're just being whatever they want to be because these these norms don't exist at these festivals <laughs> i feel like that's a good portion of it um, Al mentioned, you know, maybe maybe go a little bit longer without washing than you normally do. But if the understanding, even if it's a small group of people versus, you know, the larger event spaces, no one's at home or has those comforts. So when it gets embraced by everybody, it's like you can feel it, especially the the camping we used to do just amongst the friends. It was always, you know, two, three days at a time. And we would go out in the middle of nowhere this is when i lived in vegas uh there was a really cool old abandoned mine that you could just go drive up a few safe trails 
and they just had some areas that were cleared out and you could go and yeah. you know park your jeep and camp for a night whatever nice um there were maybe a half dozen of us on a pretty regular basis that would go out there once the weather would cool off and it was just eating hanging out you know we all worked together we spent lots of time together just in our professional day-to-day but it would always turn into just silly chit chats and everybody getting drunk and then sitting under the stars and talking about life things or like the bigger meaning of stuff you know which is it would evolve into uh let's say the core piece of it which was we're not here because of work we're not here for any of our our normal day-to-day comforts we're not talking about how nice it would be to have a shower or oh i didn't bring an extra change of clothes no one gives a shit at that point and then it just turns into man the stars look really pretty tonight and it just it just like embraces this attitude of oh yeah i have nothing else to think about right now i'm clothing on my back and i have a tent to go to sleep in eventually when i feel like it with these events like this last weekend you could tell that you know some people were camping on site but it didn't really matter about your uh your living situation over the weekend it was so much more about oh yeah i would typically go to sleep at 10 30 but i'm in it now i'm here yeah. maybe i don't need to take a shower tonight who's gonna judge me everybody's covered in coal and mud and everything anyways just hang out yeah i, I think this the, the, we're really touching on something here because it just made me think like make us central as much as i love the show and we all get to meet each other and kind of you know do fun things and you know um there's something about going and being in a hotel and it feeling quite sort of not sterile but like um organized and you know commercial whereas make a camp or any form of like camping there's something that it's like has a festival tone to it it feels like um it's special it's like christmas or thanksgiving you know the four of us sleeping in a tent yeah exactly yeah. exactly um and it and it it's it, that that kind of lowered quality of living for want of a better term <laughs> um i think makes you appreciate the other things more and and i i i love the idea that um how you live affects it like i, I want to go I, I don't really want to do it with rasmus but um <laughs> just be in a, a a forest with nothing yeah and some hand tools and build you know a shelter or a boat or something yeah, because I think it, it, again, it brings out the best in you. But I think that that's one of the, the the things about it, and that's why the the whole festival thing works the way it does, and that's why I think Makers Camp works so well is because it's that um, it, it's you're you're stripping away all of the creature comforts. Like if if you're meeting up in a convention center and everyone's staying in a hotel, then yeah, everyone's got to go back to the room and like, oh, well, you know, I've got a really nice shower and I've got this and that. And there's this, um, and, and also because there's other people, like there's members of the public that aren't from within that community. You, you're kind of still beholden to social norms and things like that. Whereas when it is literally just you're in a field or whatever, you're, it, it becomes its own little community. It becomes its own little environment, its own little world. And the 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 social structure of that changes completely i mean there's there was a um a really good talk on it uh a few years ago from a, a friend actually at a festival um talking about how this um 
this kind of world is created or you you create a little world that you you live in for those weeks um and it's fucking brilliant and i love that environment and it's it you strip away everything so you know it's you don't it's not like you're at your house where you're you're hanging out with friends at your house and you're like oh i've got this thing over here let's show this and you, you you've got these constant distractions there is no distraction you, you've literally got like the bare minimum you need to survive and that's it and that's why you're able to to sit and like brett says sit and go those stars look fucking amazing or you know if there is anything any distraction there it's it's a singular thing like the, it's the reason that you're there whether that's mm-hmm. music or food or you know making or whatever and the people that have something there that is a distraction is like the one thing that they're really passionate about so you know it's it's pat lap with a, a wood lathe and he can just get really into that or it's um it's heidi with a, a potter's wheel and she can go really really into that or it's um patty turning up with a fucking sewing machine and setting it up on a picnic table and teaching people to sew completely impromptu like it's it's about the fact that there are no distractions there's no um there's no other things and there's no other responsibility other than that single thing that you can focus on i love it and and your your priorities shift like you say you're not you're not focusing on the things that you normally would be bothered about Mm. and you can almost like hone in onto doing one thing at a time and and yeah, it just takes me back to um, Sweden Rock Festival mm. um, in a little place just near Tickle Me Malmo, and there's a <laughs> basically there's a, there's a small village that gets taken over every year for the festival. Yeah, and everyone that lives in the village moves out for a week. Yeah, and they rent their houses out to people. Nice. I'm like, you know, it is nice, but then I was like, I don't want to live in a house while I'm going to a yeah. fucking music festival. It just seems completely wrong. Like. I'm in Vegas or something. I don't want that. <laughs> I want to be at a festival and I want to, you know, forget all the things that don't matter and focus on yeah. the things that does. And, and, and I just imagine that, like, when you're really, really hungry, how good that first bit of food is going to taste. And yeah. when you're really, really thirsty, how ice yeah. cold that beer is going to be, you know? And it's like, all of a sudden, everything's heightened and you're not having to worry about other shit. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, I and... feel like we just need to make the reference, the 300 reference there. It's like he removed his mask so he could oh, see better. Exactly. <laughs> his senses were heightened. But I mean, the thing is, is like, it, it's one of those things where nobody gives a shit if you've got a bit of excess BO, if you're like really passionately talking about this thing that you care about. Like, Seriously. it's, yeah. And like, because the thing is, at a festival, everyone fucking stinks anyway. So nobody gives a shit. And it's, it's still one of my favorite things when I hang out with other Smiths, especially in these these making situations where yeah. we're as clean as we can be and just eating our food with our disgustingly cold ridden hands. And you can watch all the other people that are like, oh, my God, that's kind of disgusting. Well, guess what? Everyone here is covered in shit, too. Yeah. We're all doing it. Yeah. No one cares anymore. And it, it's like at, uh, at the festivals events that we used to do, like when we'd go and obviously we're working with coal, it's normally fucking hot. Um, so it'd be fucking drenched in sweat, covered in coal dust, and you'd go and use the, the, the facilities on site and they'd only be like hand sanitizer to wash your hands in. So you'd come out and you'd, you'd put some hand sanitizer on, do that, and you just end up like just smearing the coal dust around. So you had like more evenly distributed coal dust and that was it. And um, and yeah, like it, and you get used to the fact that like you just you sat there looking and smelling disgusting, but you don't care because so much of it just doesn't 
actually fucking matter i mean without going into too much like no that's it that's it that's the stripped down nature of it like none of that really matters yeah it's just social norms and yeah you know public acceptability i've I've said before like my favorite memory of um of any of the festivals that i've done was because i i really enjoy the the like buzz and the, the the manic energy that that gets expressed when we're doing demonstrations and when we're doing the, the the have a go sessions and all of that but it's that moment where you get to sit down afterwards and have that first beer or that first glass of whiskey and the one that always springs to mind is when again al came down and did the good life and me and him got to sit on this little low like it was like six inches above the floor this wall sat there with a cigar and a glass of whiskey and I, I always go back to that because it was such a good memory. And it's it's one of these things where you you really appreciate um or you, you learn to appreciate like what actually matters in that moment. It's not like that that having a whiskey and a cigar with a friend, it wasn't the fact that we were sat in a really nice bar or we were sat on really comfy chairs or we had a really nice environment or we were using really nice glassware. It was literally just the fact that it was that that moment of um camaraderie and being able to relax and go we worked our fucking bollocks off this was really good um so yeah like i think that's kind of sums it up for me uh love that got to jump on the tail end of it because i think one of my favorite things about really creating long-lasting connections with people or deeper than just that hey we do the same thing we probably get along because we have commonalities. Yeah. For me, it's a lot of the, have we been in the trenches together and not Mm. in the like, man, have we had to fight through nonsense? It's more, have you fully embraced a situation and been able to rely on each other, even though you don't really ask for it. It's like you, you find these moments where you like, let's say Steve and I, you know, we, we were pals and I think, forging with him this weekend and, and running the classes together like makes me appreciate him even more. I mean, I yeah. think he's a solid guy all around, but now I know we've kind of been in it together. Yeah. And it was hectic a few times. There's a lot of people going around. There's coal forges. Steve doesn't work on coal. He's dealing with, you know, recovering health situation. I just, I feel really good knowing that that guy put in all the work that could have ever been asked for him. Yeah. And, um, I never had to make any requests. He never asked for any help. You know, it was always just we're in it and now we do the thing. I feel like, you know, camping with you guys early on uh, at Jimmy's and we're just in that tent. It's kind of chilly and we're helping Rory out and doing all these things. We had a few of those in the trenches moments early on or early enough on to where I feel quite literally the fact that we had to take a fucking trench because it was flooded. It was the first thing we had to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, 10 makers solidify some of that, you know, where everyone's pinched for time and we're all trying to get projects out. Uh, But there's enough of these moments in just the time that I've known you guys where I feel like I've been, quote, in the trenches or or I've dealt with more than just the the common ground of an event space with you guys. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, all the bonkers shit that you you guys go up to at the, the, the maker camp last week, Brett. And I've got scout camp coming up next week. Yeah. And there's there's like a mindset change as well in terms of like um being up for something. So I'm I'm 
I'm trying to think if I try to get some of the kids to do the activities that I'm going to do at camp. Yeah. While we're just at scouts on a Monday night, they'd just be like, no, I don't want to do this. No, that, yeah. sounds, rubbish, that sounds boring. Yeah. But because you, 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 you know, you, everything's been removed, you know, you, you, you're on, you're in survival mode. I'm trying to wonder someone listening will probably be able to correct me as usual. I'm wondering if it's something like primitive built into us like from our days of you yeah. know being a bit more nomadic sitting around campfires and and kind of you know this is how we learn this is how we develop this is how we share knowledge um because the 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 especially I'm going to think about the kids they're much more open to doing stuff that they've not done before yeah that maybe has an element of risk or like embarrassment you know normally that a, a kid these days would not be willing to like yeah, shame themselves in public. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the, yeah, there's some, there's something about being away and being camping and being a bit more feral. Yeah, that just kind of makes you a bit more brave, I think. But I, th- I think again, like that, that's that to me is a big part of it. It's that being removed from that that social structure that we're all used to, and you you do kind of I don't want to say regress because it sounds like such a, a negative thing, but you you become aware of the fact that actually it doesn't matter because you get that thing where it's like i haven't washed and like if yeah if you went to town or you went to go meet your mates at the pub or something and you were like oh i'd smell a bit bad like you you'd worry about it on your way there and you'd probably be like i'm just gonna i'm gonna nip over to tesco's and grab a can of links and spray it on sort of thing like yeah you you would try and make a a thing about fixing it whereas you're at a festival and you're like i give a shit and that permeates into you and it, it it means that it removes that that fear of being embarrassed that's why so many more people have a go at, at blacksmithing and stuff when we're at a festival because there's that that social stigma of embarrassment is kind of removed um and i think it's a really interesting thing and it's something that i wish that we could replicate more um in day-to-day life but i, I do think a lot of it is is because you're you're removing that that social norm and that social stigma that normally goes with everyday life. I feel like, I, like this is almost counterintuitive um, because we always talk about self-reliance or, you know, people that go out and do solo missions, solo camping, whatever it is. Everything that we're saying right now is sparking the, this little thought in my head that we're talking about developing a sense of, like your core values or, or this self-reliance or, or whatever, but you're in groups, which seems counterintuitive. It's like, because you embrace the, let's say Steve's word community or something more tribal or, or something more, um, you know, old, old, old school primitive because you're in this group of people, but everyone's embracing the same, um, not fight or flight, but you know, you just have these, these like main values that you're actually paying attention to now, which are food and whatever the experience for the day is. Yeah. And because of that, it makes you more self-aware within this group because there's less of the social stigma. I I don't think it's, I don't think it is about becoming more individually aware. I think it's more a case of the fact that you're, you're sitting in, and again, going back to that idea of a festival being a small like world in itself like and yes you can have tribes within that um that that little world that little nation um 
but you also become aware that everyone is there for the same thing and it's mm. like as as long as you're focusing on that one thing then nothing else really matters whereas in day-to-day -day world you don't know why person a is at the bar or in town or at the cinema or whatever like so you you're a lot more isolated when you're in public but when you're in a uh, an event or a, a festival or whatever you're, you're everyone's there for the same reason that you know that you share commonality for That's very whatever good. reason that is there's a, yeah there's a there's a level playing field i love it yeah everyone's in a fucking tent and everyone stinks yeah <laughs> and that is fucking spiffing feel like we haven't had a spa for a while Ooh. um that means that i'm first hey. um and this is a i don't know if we've actually talked about this on the podcast before um but everyone's favorite yandles worker dandles um <laughs> Uh, he's obviously got everyone's uh, obviously aware of the wonky workshop um, thing, which is his like personal Instagram thing. Um, but he's also started up a, a, a business called Bevel, um, Bevelwood UK on Instagram. Um, and it's him just making actual products as opposed to making like one off pieces and a bit of fun here and doing this and that and the other. This is actually a product line that he's making. Um, with the intent of of selling it and and producing really good quality items um at a i was going to say an affordable price it's not necessarily an affordable price for everyone um but i think it's for the work that's going into it i don't think it's a bad price um similar to the stuff that we do at the forge like it's it's good stuff for and it costs what it costs um but yeah no i just wanted to give uh bevel a a shout out because there's some really, really nice stuff on there already. And I think if uh, if he manages to continue going down the path that he's going down, um, I think he's going to do really, really well with it. Um, and yeah, I think it could just do with a little bit more, a little bit more love, a little bit more eyes on. And, you know, as much as I don't want to mention the C word before Halloween's been and gone, um, if you're looking at getting gifts for people, then you know, now is the time to start thinking about it because... Oh my God. Yeah. Especially with the shipping at the moment, because... Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, so Bevel uh, or Bevelwood UK on Instagram is spiffing. Um, nice. Brett, you are next. Yeah. So Reese Biff's be damned. I'm not sure if we've done any and all of these folks, but I have to just uh, tip the cap and make sure that everyone in our little community is aware of three people specifically. So we've got Trevor Higgins, who is Dusty Squeak on um, Instagram. Trevor and I met in Cleveland a few years ago. It was our first meeting uh, at the little hangout after the first spring make. Brilliant lad. Got to hang out with him uh, periodically throughout the weekend, but just insanely helpful. Like, wasn't there to work and just would not stop helping people and working <laughs> and and he's just he's such a kind and catering human beautiful 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 so trevor number one number two dave france we've talked about him before yeah. i believe but dave was an unstoppable force as well um he ended up in the coal ironworks booth quite a bit because he yeah. has experience on the presses 
they were having play sessions and, and go arounds with a few of the other guys. And Dave also was one of the people that I mentioned earlier where a bottle of water and a granola bar showed up because he's yeah. like, I know you haven't taken a break. I was like, okay, yeah. well, you're the best. So Al, don't get mad at me because somebody got me something and I'm spiffing them. <laughs> Dave did the entire weekend just helping everybody and doing all kinds of extra work. Yeah. And um, if he's listening, this will be a little inside baseball, but if he's listening, good luck with everything that's going on. We're already chatting about it, but everybody can send good vibes and positivity. He might have some really cool shit going on. Nice. Lastly, um, just just very quickly uh, about that. Right. Sorry, I just wanted to add to that because yes, Dave's fucking ace. I've I've spoken to him a couple times on Instagram, and he just seems like the most lovely person. And I'm a little bit jealous that again, I'm a little bit jealous that you got to meet him at uh, Makers because I didn't realize he was oh, going until we're old friends. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. old friends. But um, um, yeah. but uh, lastly, 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 C Matt Makes has been around forever. Yeah, a lot of people know him or have met him. Um, he was making trips to the airports and driving people back and doing all kinds of extra work, checking in on various booths, asking if they needed anything. I'm not even 100% sure if he was there to work, but as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if he was, he overworked uh, and yeah. did more than he needed. So those three are definitely spiffing. And I, uh, on a more heartfelt note, it made me, it reminded me of Sharon. And what she used to do at every event and how we have people in our community that will show up and the enthusiasm and energy that they bring to the table, whether they actually need to help or not, is mind boggling sometimes because I yeah. don't know that I I don't think that exists everywhere. I think we have some very special people that we are friends with and, and that we follow and follow us. And uh, I was I was reminded by such things. So thanks right. for carrying on the legacy as it were good shout man um and also actually just whilst we're talking about matt um uh obviously at makers camp everyone gets a picture taken by mark adams and matt's is is stunning he's got a real smolder going on uh he's he's grown his hair since the last time i saw him as well and matt you look fucking great mate so well done you um al you're next this is incredibly niche. Um, there was an article in The Guardian in the summer, um, and it was a photographer who went to Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and he was shooting uh, for a festival called uh, Kinshasa in Action, or Kinact. There's a nice little contraction of that. Um, and basically it is like local people in the Congo, expressing their kind of disdain for the Western world and how wasteful we are. And they basically, um, one artist in particular has made a bunch of suits out of trash. And they're fucking spectacular. I'm going to send you shit. to the link now. Yeah, I've just found it on Insta. Um, That's fucking amazing. And they're just like incredible. There's one out of babies, like as in toy baby dolls that yeah. is just right up my street yeah um to be fair the one out of like glass mirrors actually just looks like a really good so if if you go on that second link i sent which is the photographer's instagram he's called yeah. chris panacook which is 
Germanic for pancake. Um, oh. Yeah. There's some, there's some other ones in there. Like yeah. the ones made out of like pipes and tubes. And then there's a guy just made out of ties. Yeah, I just saw the ties one. That's fucking free. And then some of them are a little bit more like political and they're like made yeah. out of syringes and needles and stuff. And then some of them are just bonkers. It looks like something from Akira. Yeah. Um, so people in the Congo making kind of amazing like full body costumes out of trash. Yeah. And they're just spectacular. That's a fucking great shout. You know, I was going to try and shove a Congo reference from <laughs> the movie into this, but I can't even. This is so. There's beautiful. the one. There's the one made out of like oil cans. Yeah, and he's like got a big yellow face and a red hat and like blue body, and it looks like Steve. I don't know if you remember. There was like a Doctor Who episode where everyone was made out of candy. And there was like a licorice all sorts man, and it was the oh, most fuck, terrifying yes. thing I ever remember as a kid. Yes, he looks like him. Yeah, That's, yeah. This um, is really cool. It's <laughs> a really good shout, man. Um, good find. Uh, is there any other business from either of you? Just I'm watch Squid Game. Uh, watch Squid Game. Okay. Yes, do. Uh, but the, the, the the subtitles, not the dubs. Um, Do not watch a dubbed foreign film. Anything. Don't watch anything dubbed. Uh, unless it's Crouching Tiger. Um, Make a Monster. Yes. If you've not signed up to the Make a Monsters Monster Musings newsletter, Fuck. do it. And if you have done it, check your spam because my um, confirmation thing went into my spam. So you might have signed up and not received the thing. But yeah. it's lovely just to hear what goes on in Jake's head. Yeah. Um, every, every Hopefully every week. Nice. I will uh, do that very soon. Yeah, I, I kind of have a bit of a habit of um, forgetting to sign up to things, including the uh, the treasure trade. I had, oh, yeah. I had to get them to open it up so I could sign up again. Oh, what a <laughs> terrible fucking, fucking person. Yeah. Who else would have done that, I wonder? I have no idea, but that no. seems so unprofessional. <laughs> And John was so upset with this lesson. Um, I do have one little bit of AOB as well, um, kind of on the theme of what we've been talking about, um, about like festivals and camps and, and everything else. Uh, there's a festival that I used to absolutely adore going to, uh, which is the Hot Rod Hayride. Um, it's quite niche. Uh, it is very much focused towards hot rods and cars from pre-66, as they put it. Um, and yeah, it's basically... Uh, so they did it. The last one they did, they changed locations because of some stuff that I don't need to go into. Um, and it just, it kind of lost a lot of the atmosphere, but they're back at the original location now, which is the Bisley International Shooting Ground in near London. Uh, we've seen Bisley, obviously. Um, it's Tim kind of cool. Bisley. <laughs> Fucking yes. Uh, because they, it, it's, it's almost like this little private village and all of the um like the hot rod groups in the uk and europe um like rent out little chalets and huts and all of that um and there's like lots of little pubs and stuff that are on site um but also like all of the the plebs all just um camp actually around um but there's there's also shooting going on at the same time so you'll wake up to people just firing rifles down a range um but yeah uh it's really fucking cool and people really get into the theme set like you'll see everyone dressed up in kind of costumes and, and stuff or not costumes but like 
attire appropriate to the um the age and uh yeah it's just it's really fucking cool and i will be getting my tickets tomorrow um but yeah just if anybody else is out there and interested in hot rods and car culture then i would say it's a really good festival to go to um and people come from all over europe for it so uh, if you're thinking oh, i don't want to go because it's too far then behave um <laughs> but yeah uh so that's the hot rod hayride uh go check it out um I think that's it. So, without further ado, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's oh, Hack Shack! Oh, there we go. Oh, Went with a classic. classic. Just a classic. classic. All back. Um, if you find us as a group, FWT Podcast or Fools of Tools, search them. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, so, until next time, Go out there, enjoy yourselves. Be fucking bold. Live with less fucking social restrictions. Go out and fucking enjoy yourself. Um, like find a tie-dye onesie. Yes. Just fucking do it. Go go be passionate about something because it's fucking great. Um, but yeah, we love you and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.